You're listening to the Keto for Women show, and I'm your host and nutritionist, Sean Miner. This show is designed to empower women to find their own expression of the keto diet to maximize their health and happiness. Now let's get started with today's episode. Hey, hey, friends. Welcome back to Keto for Women. Thanks, as always, for tuning in. And today is an extra special day because I just got back from KetoCon at 11 p.m. last night is when I crawled into bed, my own bed, which felt amazing. And it's early in the morning today. I'm still riding this high from the weekend and from everything that I guess everybody I met, everything I learned, all the conversations I had. And so I really wanted to record this as soon as possible while I'm still riding the wave and before I get exhausted, which is going to happen. It's going to hit me like a ton of bricks in about an hour. And I'm going to need to take a nap for sure. But also, while I have all the information fresh in my brain too, so that I can translate as much of it over to you guys listening to the podcast that couldn't make it. And there were quite a few Keto for Women listeners that could make it. So I did meet a lot of you in person, which is always the best time. But for those that weren't there, I'll have it seem like you were there by the end of this podcast. Like I said, a little exhausted. So it may be a little bit shorter of a podcast than normal, but I always get going and then it ends up that I can't stop talking even though I'm exhausted, I get worked up again because I love keto. So (laughs) we'll see how this goes. But just to forewarn you, before we get going on what happened at KetoCon 2018, let's go through a few quick announcements. So first of all, just a quick reminder again that the next round of the Fat Burning Female Project is happening in July. So we start July 9th. That's actually the second Monday of July, which I don't want you to have to worry about becoming keto over 4th of July. So we'll start afterwards. But that means we do need to enroll before the 4th of July. So the one-day enrollment period happens July 2nd. Remember, that's one day only. So it does sell out spots do get filled up quickly. Lots of people don't get in that want to get in. So make sure if you are someone that wants to join us in July, that you tune in, uh, head to the website bit.ly slash FBF project. I will make sure that's linked in the show notes here. Go there. It's better, honestly, for you to go there now and make sure you're on the email list so you can enter your email and then you get notified by me. You get a reminder saying, hey, this is the time to sign up. Those people always get in. If you're trying to put it on your calendar and just remember, you may not get a spot. So always the best to do that. But regardless, head there either today or July 2nd and get your spot. 
It'll be so fun. If you want more information, I'm not going to talk about it here today. I will let you know a little bit about what to expect next week, but you can also go back, I believe, to episode 16. I did give a pretty detailed explanation of what happens in the project and what you can expect. So you can head there and the first 20, 25 minutes or so tell you more about the project in my own words. Always the best way to hear it. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes too, so you can find it just by heading there. If you want to become a fat-burning female and want to do it on your own, of course, the new option is the Fat-Burning Female Self-Study, just released this month and going really, really well so far. So if you want to hop on that, that's available to you anytime. You can just have it ready for you whenever you are ready to get going. If you just want to do it on your own, don't necessarily need the support or guidance of me or the camaraderie of your fellow FBFs. So either way, works for me. I just want you to get all the benefits of being keto, but also keto for you and also keto for women. I want you to have all that. And that's what the Fat-Burning Female courses do for you. And of course, I just want to point out a little word from our partner, Tribali Foods. We had Angela on the show not too long ago, so you all got to meet her and her backstory and why she created the burger patties that she has created. And, you know, it's such a good time for me to talk about this because I just got done eating one with my breakfast. I had eggs and a burger patty, a chicken burger patty, because I came home to no food because I've been gone for four days. And so that's always the best time. That's always when I'm so excited to have those burger patties from Tribali in my freezer because I don't have to worry about thawing them out. They won't go bad while they're sitting in my fridge over the weekend when I'm gone. I can just take one out of the freezer, put it on the pan, cook my eggs up, and then I have breakfast in 10 minutes. And that's really, really so convenient for those of us that travel or just forget to pull stuff out of the freezer, which happens to me all the time. You always have a really good source of protein in your freezer, ready to go from Tribali Foods. That is the highest quality protein, which you all know I'm absolutely adamant about and becoming more and more so the further and further I get into the keto community because I realize so many people aren't taking that advice and are doing some serious harm to their body and their toxic load in their body that could easily be avoided by getting good high quality meat. And so Tribali takes care of that for us in a very convenient way and no other ingredients, but basically spices, just meat and spices, exactly what we would make on our own if we were cooking in our own home, in our own kitchen. So that's why I love Tribali so much. And I'm so glad that they're partnering up with the Keto for Women show. So for you guys, you can go to tribalifoods.com and place an order and you get 15% off when you use the coupon code KETO, the number four women. That's tribalifoods.com. Enter the coupon code Keto, the number four women to get your discount. They're also in Whole Foods and Target stores now, so you can find them there. Although not going to get the Keto for Women discount because they don't take coupon codes at the checkout counter. Regardless, still good to have. Okay, let's move on to my weekend. So I guess first I'll just kind of start telling you a little bit about what I did, what was expected of me, how my whole trip went, and then we'll get into some of the talks that I really found helpful and then maybe some of the vendors that I loved and didn't love. 
I won't go into the I didn't love in detail, but I have a message that you may or may not have already seen. If you follow me on Instagram stories, I was in the moment and very passionately discussing my opinion, but I'll do it here and I'll probably be just as passionate because that's how it rolls for me. So my journey through KetoCon, I left Thursday afternoon from Denver and went to Austin Thursday I ended up just finding an Airbnb that was really close, like a block essentially away from the Palmer Event Center, which is where KetoCon was being held. So that was really nice Thursday. I just, when I got in, I had already packed my dinner for myself. And I think that was a really good move because first of all, I just didn't really want to deal with trying to find a place to eat. And second of all, I didn't realize how hot it was going to be. I mean, I knew that. Texas was hot. And I knew that Texas was humid. But you kind of forget when you haven't been in that situation in a long time. And I hadn't because we don't have that kind of humidity here in Boulder, in Colorado in general. Like we can get into the 90s and maybe occasionally even triple digits as far as temperature goes, but it does not feel like that at all. So I didn't realize how hot it was going to be. And it's just miserable to be outside. I didn't even want to walk around, which I love walking around places. And it was too hot to do that. So I'm really glad I brought my food. I ended up needing to get rid of some vegetables that were going to go bad over the weekend if I didn't take them. So I packed myself a baggie of salad mix from the farm that I needed to eat up and hard boiled some eggs and packed those two in a little container that wouldn't allow them to crack on the way, which is important. I had some olive oil, some salt. So I had that as my dinner. And then, you know, I had some nut butters and things like that to have as dessert and snack type thing for a little bit more fat. So it ended up being really, really helpful. And I do get the question about traveling while keto all the time. So that's why I give you guys these details because I get it all the time. And it's something that I don't even think twice about at all. But it is something that's very challenging for a lot of you. So I do want to make sure that I discuss this kind of stuff here, because it can get to a point where you don't think about it. And it's just not a big deal. Like it would have been just as easy for me to not do that and to go walk around and find something that would have been fine too. And if that's what works for you, and that's what keeps you stress free, not worrying about it, then cool. But that's not how I work. It's less stressful for me to know that I have some foods that are going to make me feel good and fill me up and make me sleep really well and all that stuff that's really important to me. I've mentioned this before. I said this when I talked about the low carb cruise. For me, it's always most important since I have spent years not too long ago feeling really terrible. It's just always the most important to me to not feel terrible, especially while traveling, because that makes it 10 times worse. And it makes me want to be back home 10 times more. So I'm a little bit of a homebody. I'm finding as I do more traveling, I just kind of love it here. But it's just one of those things where that's what I choose. That's how I choose to travel. And it's what keeps me the least stressed is to have these options. So Getting back to that, I had that for dinner and then took it easy, just kind of chilled because I knew the weekend was going to be full of energy. And as an introvert, it's, you know, I call myself a outgoing introvert. I 
enjoy being around people so much, but I do have to prepare for it and I do have to detox from it and kind of get my energy built up before and then revive my energy by being alone and quiet afterwards, which is what I will be doing the rest of the day after this podcast is recorded. So I know a lot of you totally get that by being a fellow introvert. There's a lot of us out there. So then really the rest of the weekend was all about the conference. Um, I went to a lot of the talks. I didn't go to all of them because as a speaker, you kind of have to manage your time in order to make sure that you're prepared mentally, physically, emotionally for what you are required to do there while also wanting to learn. And then, of course, meeting people, making the connections that you're there to make, networking, all of that. It's very much a business opportunity to go to these things. It's very much a business-minded place to be for a lot of the weekends. So for a lot of us, it seems kind of like a vacation. And you guys might think, oh, she travels so much. She gets so many vacations. No, no, no. I am working. That is a full-on business opportunity for me for the entire weekend. And I treat it as such. And of course, I still stay connected to my business during that time. So not very often do I actually get a true, true vacation, which is why I took a few days on the low-carb cruise to do so. The talks were incredible. I'm going to go through some of them. The vendors were great. I think there was like triple the amount of vendors that there were at KetoCon last year. I'm going to talk about that. But of course, it's always the people that make these weekends what they are. So first of all, of course, meeting people that listen to the podcast or have done the Fat-Burning Female Project. I got to hang out with FBFs all weekend, which was great. People that have these stories and learning about what you guys have as your story or why you're doing keto or how you found the Keto for Women show. Those things are just great and seeing your smiles and getting your hugs and your names and just chatting a little bit and taking pictures and all that stuff is definitely the highlight. And of course, you knew that already. And I'm so glad so many of you actually came up and said something as I requested that you do. It makes me feel so much better. And then also meeting other colleagues and getting to know and having these amazing friendships. So at this point, when you go to these conferences so much, you see the same people and they become your friends. And That's what I love so much about the keto community that I haven't really seen happen that much in other communities is that we all have the same goal. We all want the same thing. None of us are in competition with one another. We all support each other and thrive on each other's success because that means that keto is a success and that's what we really want. So it is just the best community to be in as a practitioner and as a professional as well. So I know a lot of you also listen to the Keto Diet Podcast with Leanne and follow her work. And she and I just get along so well. We've met before. We actually had lunch before when she was in Boulder a few months ago. Actually, that was almost like a year ago. And, you know, we're just friends. We've always been friends and always will be friends. And we kind of deepened that connection over the weekend, spent a lot of time together on Friday, went to lunch and just chatted. And we don't even chat about keto. We chat about life 
and what it's like to live in our different worlds. And we were joined by Vanessa Spina, which is the ketogenic girl, which I know you guys also listen to her podcast, Fast Keto, quite a bit, and follow her journey and her recipes. So it's just we all built such a great connection. I had met Vanessa prior in Mallorca at the Low Carb Universe Conference. And just to kind of reconnect with these ladies and just really build friendships. I hung out with Hannah Boethius of Hannah, the diabetes expert. She's the creator of the Low Carb Universe Conference and host of that. And she's just become such a good friend too. So it's so awesome to be part of a community that really, really, truly just wants to help everybody and wants everybody to help everybody. I got to know Maria Emmerich a little better. I had met her on the low-carb cruise, but we had a little chance to talk, and she's just so sweet and such a really great soul. So there's so many people. I mean, the list goes on and on, and I know as those of you who are in the keto community and following all these people, I think I just want you to know that we really, truly do love each other, and we're so happy to see each other, and we support each other. In all of our ventures, there's no competition or anything like that. I think it helps you guys to know that. And we do all have different messages a little bit, right? I think that's one thing that you can all kind of tell. We have had our own keto journeys. We've had our own success stories. We've seen success stories from the clients that we work with and the people that we've helped. And that has formed our ideas around keto. And they're different but that's okay. That's totally okay. And you guys know you listen to all of us or you get all of our content and you know, I'm hoping, and if you don't, I'm here to tell you that something is going to resonate with you from each of us. And it's going to be potentially different. And that's okay. That's what we want. That's why we provide the content that we provide is so that somewhere, someone is going to take that message and that's going to work for them or take the other message and that's going to work for them or the other one. There's a lot of different ones and they all have the ability to really truly be life-changing as long as you find the one that works for you or even better, find your own message. And that is what works for you, which was the whole basis of my talk, which we'll get into in a little bit. There's so many takeaways that I had from the weekend, but I really think the biggest one, which I think I've said this before because I always come back with this same feeling when I do go to these events, and that's just how powerful of a movement the keto movement is. It is something so far beyond what I think a lot of us really get bogged down by, which of course I'm going to bring it up because that's just what I do, is the weight situation. And yeah, that is a big piece of why a lot of people come to the keto community is for weight loss. But when I go to these conferences and we have the caliber of speakers that we had, at KetoCon 2018, and you hear these stories of just massive, life-changing things that happen when someone adopts a ketogenic diet, it becomes something so different. And you leave with such a different vibe and feeling. And I know, and I talked to a fat-burning female after the conference was over, and she left feeling a different 
kind of feeling. I won't give names and I hope she doesn't mind that I'm sharing her story even though it's anonymous, but she was actually someone that messaged me, sent me an email only a few days before KetoCon and was on the verge of tears because she had had a weight stall. She wasn't losing weight. She was gaining a little bit of weight. She had in the past lost a lot of weight using a shake meal replacement fat loss something system that's very, very, very calorie restricted and food restricted. And that worked for a while. And then now she's transitioning to keto and hoping that keto will heal her body. But of course, the idea of weight and why it's not happening for her as quickly as she wants or what else needs to happen and and how to get healthy, that stuff all creeps in and it gets frustrating. And I totally, totally understand. But That's looking at keto from a very micro perspective. It's really taking one minute thing, which I know, I know weight isn't minute, but in the grand scheme of things in life and health and living, it kind of is. Of course, if you are someone that is at a health risk by your weight, which I think it's determined by more than just the number on the scale, but also that corresponds to what's happening with your blood markers and your gut health and your adrenal health and all that stuff. And if weight is contributing to that, yeah, it's contributing to that. But there's more to the story. And I think going to these kinds of conferences and seeing these kinds of talks and stories really puts that into perspective and really helps us zoom back out on the bigger picture of what's really going on here and what really we are doing for our bodies right now, which yes, are healing our bodies right now, but also what we're doing for preventative measures in the future because we've adopted this approach when we have. And it's such a powerful healing approach to food that can't be denied. You of course, can look at the science and the evidence and the studies. And there are people listening right now that want that. They want the studies. They want the research. They want the this and the that. They want the numbers. And I get that. I think it's really cool to look at that stuff and to see how it works in trials. But for me, and I think for a lot of people, once they leave these types of shows, they are so much more inspired and everything is so much more confirmed by the stories, by just hearing people's stories of success and total transformation on a huge level beyond just like, yeah, I lost 10 pounds. That stuff cannot be denied. So you can go look at the studies, but also listen to the stories because the stories are really where you get that vibe again. You get that feeling that, oh, this is not just a fad. This is not just the next thing to try to see if I can get abs. This is not the thing to do to see how quickly I can lose this cellulite. This is something so much deeper, you guys. We are doing something really, really powerful and great. And I keep using that word, but I don't know. Powerful. It's like such a perfect word to describe what's going on here in the keto community. And it's not going anywhere. And it's just getting started. And we're really right at the tip of the iceberg right now, I feel. There's going to be so much more out there. There's going to be so many more stories. And we had a Q&A yesterday, and one of the ladies came up and said that she 
had finally gotten out of the keto closet. Actually, that was a term that was used several times is some people are afraid to tell people what they're doing and why they're doing it and why they don't eat sugar, why they don't eat grains, why they stay away from the pasta when it's offered. And there's a lot of people who are kind of afraid to mention it. And really, that needs to subside as much as we possibly can. And again, I get why it's scary, especially because people think you're crazy when you take all the butter and put it on your broccoli. I get it. it. There's still a lot of stigma out there that needs to go away. But the only way that it's going to go away and the only way that we're going to actually be able to make this movement really be life-changing for as many people as possible is if all of us talk about it. Whether you are a practitioner in the public eye or not, tell your friends, tell your family, be open about what you're doing and the good experiences that you've had because of what you've changed in your diet. They may not be ready to listen. And this was a point that I brought up in the Q&A yesterday. They might not be ready to listen. And those people that aren't ready to listen, I hate to say it, but it's almost like a waste of energy at that point because they're going to not believe you. They're going to give you pushback. They're not going to understand. They're not going to change. But that doesn't mean that a year from now, that won't be different. So you just have to wait for that particular person to be ready and instead focus on those people that are ready, that do even have a little bit of interest as to why you're doing what you're doing and focus on those people. And it doesn't have to be in a preachy way or in a you need to do this too kind of thing. It's just, this is what I do. You know, I really found that carbohydrates, when I have too many of them, they don't really make me feel well. And I'm trying to work on my blood sugar and my blood sugars come down quite a bit since I've started focusing on eating more high fat and protein foods and lowering my carbohydrates. It can be super basic. That's what most people respond to anyway. And then they keep getting more and more curious and you keep getting deeper and deeper. So I'm going on this total tangent that I wasn't planning on doing, but again, super just motivated and worked up by the weekend and so inspired by everything that I just see and these stories that are so amazing. So really, I mean, this is kind of like the best commercial ever for you guys going to KetoCon next year. It's, I think, going to be in June again, 2019. It's once a year, always in Austin, probably at the same place, I would assume, because it's a pretty good location. So it's just if you need to get re-inspired, just keep going back to the stories of people that have had success. And it may not even be success in your area. It might be a totally different story, but it's a really good way to remember why you turn to a keto approach in the first place. I'll get off my tangent now, even though I could continue to go on. But I do want to tell you about some of the people I saw. Let's move in to the speakers. So as I mentioned, I went to a lot of the talks. I didn't go to all of them. Just really quickly, I do have this pulled up because I mentioned all the stories, right? So that's something that always speaks to me so, so much. And just going through the list of the speakers, whether you attended them or not, you can see how powerful this stuff is. So looking at the titles, mental health, which I'm going to talk a little bit about that. That was someone that had severe bipolar to the point of not wanting to live. Severe bipolar, having no 
control over their mental health to really thriving because of keto. Seizures, epilepsy was a big one that was talked about and how getting freedom from that was something that really helped. Of course, insulin resistance, huge diabetes, huge. We know that type one diabetes. Hannah talks about that in her talk. And that's something that she has been able to completely manage by going into a ketogenic space. Even just the talks about human performance and building your muscle mass, and even just talks about building your muscle mass and your optimizing your performance and things like that, that can really be helped in a very easy way just by adopting a ketogenic diet. There was a talk about keto for cancer, which I've had as a subject on the podcast before with Miriam Kalamian. And that's something that was discussed with a, a personal story about, you know, really reversing their cancer by adopting a ketogenic diet along with other therapies. So crazy. Alzheimer's disease. Again, we know type 3 diabetes is what it's now called and how keto can really benefit that for prevention or for reversing out of. So so cool. Anti-anxiety, huge, huge thing that a lot of people deal with, anxiety and depression that really take a huge turn by adopting a ketogenic diet. So I think those are just a few that I wanted to point out because, again, I'm talking about the greater scheme of things. Those things are pretty amazing. And we're, no one talked about weight loss. No one talked about that being their story. There was always more. There's always more to the story. And yes, weight loss, if needed, can be an amazing thing that happens when you go keto, of course, but it's always because you've also healed something else. And you know that that is my big message. So just really cool to see how much else there is to talk about besides weight. And yet, you know, we get into our own little worlds and our own little heads and we focus on that only and we are missing the bigger picture and the broader thing that's happening to your body and to the world overall, hopefully, as this message becomes more and more prevalent, health. We are really seeking and getting healthy, and that's so cool to me. All right, so let's go through some of the specific things. So I have my notes here. I've done this before. I did this at Low Carb Universe. You're going to hear my notes shuffling in the background because I'm literally just taking what I wrote down, and I'm giving you some of the bullet point highlights from that because that's really the best way for me to help you feel like you were there too. So I did like this one about mental health. I mentioned the bipolar. It was Carrie Brown. You can visit her at carriebrown.com. I'll link to that in the show notes. But she was suffering hardcore suffering with bipolar disorder. And she kind of by default, I guess, just by desperation almost, tried keto. And she was able to do with keto plus an elimination diet to get rid of inflammatory foods and foods that weren't working for her, plus supplements, including B vitamins. She was able to get to a point where she has no bipolar episodes and no medications. And this was someone that was on a lot of medications and many different ones trying to get well. And then she brought up actually someone that she worked with as a client. And this woman was on Oh, gosh, the list. They put the list up on the slides and it was, I don't know, 
over 20 different medications for her mental health. And now she's on two in a matter of months because she's gone keto and she's worked with getting enough nutrients and the right nutrients and supplements that she needs. And the big takeaway from her message, I think, of course, obviously keto, when she was starting, she was very desperate, really needed to kick the carb and heal her blood sugar to get going. So she actually started zero carb and now she stays really low carb. And that's what she's found that she needs to do in order to keep her mental health in check. So she's found her version of keto, a resounding theme of the whole weekend, which is why I talked about what I talked about. But one thing for her that she was able to find out about herself is she found that she had an MTHFR gene mutation. And so she used 23andMe, recommends people use 23andMe if you are someone that's dealing with mental health issues, because if you have that MTHFR gene mutation, whether you're homozygous or heterozygous, And I might be speaking gibberish to some of you. Unfortunately, I'm not going to go into further detail on this episode about MTHFR, but super basic. It's your body having trouble methylating B vitamins in some people if you have this mutation, which is quite common. However, you can have it and it not be expressing. So remember that too. But in her, it was expressing and she wasn't methylating B vitamins, so she was really low in that. And B vitamins are essential to creating those neurotransmitters in your brain and getting all that response. So that was not happening in her. So with all of the above and by supplementing with the B vitamins that she needed and finding that information out about herself, she was able to really clear herself. So again, another resounding theme, keep looking for answers. Don't give up and just think that you're just going to have these episodes forever. Now, before we move on, I've got to take a second to tell you about Rasa Coffee. If you guys have not tried Rasa before, you are in for such a treat. I love Rasa for so many reasons. First of all, they are a Boulder local company, so always love to support those here in Boulder, but also they're doing great things for the coffee alternative space. So, so many times I see women just relying on so much coffee to get them through the day, especially in the keto space. And it just doesn't need to be that way. And quite honestly, shouldn't because it can really take a toll on your adrenals. So why not have a coffee alternative that not only tastes amazing, and I mean amazing, but also actually works to heal your adrenals. So Rasa Coffee is a completely coffee-free alternative beverage that actually uses adaptogenic herbs that heal and restore your adrenal function. So it's an herbal support. It tastes amazing. You brew it very similarly to coffee. I like to brew it in my French press and it works really well. I also love to have it like bulletproof style, quote unquote, with some coconut oil or ghee blended in. It tastes like heaven. 
I cannot wait for you all to try this. And really, it just would be a great way for you all to get started on not relying so much on caffeine, but providing your body with this safe healing style of energy that comes from these adaptogenic herbs, which is what rasa is completely made of. There's no gluten, no caffeine, no sugar, no coffee, nothing but herbs that when blended all together, taste like a dream. So I really cannot wait for you all to try this. Head to Rasa Coffee with a K and get 15% off your order when you use the coupon code KETO, the number for women. That's Rasa, K-O-F-F-E-E dot com. Use coupon code KETO, the number for women for 15% off your order. Let me know how you like your Rasa because... I know I like mine with some vanilla bean ghee blended in first thing in the morning. And really, truly, it provides this lasting, really stable energy that coffee does not bring me. Y'all know I cannot tolerate caffeine. So I am all about these coffee alternatives. And Rasa is absolutely my favorite, hands down. So go ahead and try it yourself. Head over to rasacoffee.com. All right, moving on to Maria's talk, Maria Emmerich, she talked about oxidative priority, which is basically just how our bodies or what our bodies prefer to burn off as fuel. So of course, I think we all know, I've said this many times on the podcast, actually probably not many, but a couple times on the podcast that our first thing our body is always going to burn off is alcohol. So you can be making ketones, all you want. But as soon as you have alcohol, your body's not going to be burning the ketones anymore. They're going to be burning alcohol. So for her, what she believes is just cut that out. It's toxic to the body. It's not necessary. Yeah, I would agree. I would totally agree. But you know, there are some people that you tell them to cut out alcohol and then they don't think that this is sustainable. So if you're someone who enjoys having a glass of wine with your husband on Friday nights or whatever, which I see all the time, so that's why I brought that up as an option, then you know, if that's something, just make that choice and have that if that's something that will allow you to know that you can do keto for a really long time is if you can have that glass of wine uh, on Fridays or whatever. You know, if you do want to cut out alcohol, cool. That's awesome. Either way, it's totally cool. But just know that you're going to be burning that off and not anything else. The second thing for oxidative priority, exogenous ketones. So I'm happy to hear that she's not for exogenous ketones. They're kind of just pointless, really. You're burning them off. They're not doing a whole lot. They're biologically not needed is kind of how she put it, which I thought was a great way to say that. Obviously, neither is alcohol. So, you know, we can cut both of those out. So the third thing that you are going to be burning off is protein which I really like, is all for a higher level of protein. So she recommends finding your threshold at 0.8 times your lean mass, which you all know I'm not huge on the making a math equation out of your food. And most of you are not going to be able to even determine what your lean mass is. I don't know what my lean mass is. I don't really want to use a calculator that's not going to really be accurate. Really, the only way is to actually go and dip myself in some water and get measured by a professional that can really get me an accurate 
direct result of my body fat percentage. So most of us aren't really going to know that information anyway. So I think it's not necessary for you to do that calculation. But this is a really good place. And I know a lot of you get really confused on how much protein to eat. This is a good place to find out. Like, do your own research, do your own testing and find out so you can use your ketone testing and see, okay, I had a bigger piece of steak tonight. How did my body do with it? So test your glucose, test your ketones, whatever you want to do, and see how your body responds. But a lot of us, especially if you are someone that works out and has decent amount of muscle, you can get away with a larger amount of protein. And that's something that I do need to talk about. And I keep forgetting to add to a podcast. As I have changed my workouts, I've changed the amount of protein I'm eating. I'm eating more protein now because actually it started with me just wanting more. I was craving it. And kind of as I thought about it, it was like, oh, well, yeah, my workouts have changed quite a bit. My muscle mass has changed quite a bit. That makes a lot of sense. And so now that's something I incorporate. But the cool thing about protein something we need to consider is its thermic effect of food. So it's the highest level of basically the energy it takes to burn off that food. So you're kind of basically super rudimentary way of putting it. You're kind of burning calories by eating it or and having to digest it and have your body utilize it. It takes more energy for your body to do that than it does with anything else. So you're kind of getting a little bit of energy use by eating it in the most rudimentary way that I can put it quickly. But you also need it to build lean mass. So if you do, if you are working out and you actually want to build some muscle, you need to eat protein. If you're working out really hard, well, even moderately hard, and you think that you should be building more muscle than you currently are, then you probably just need more protein and then you're going to see your muscles just pop out. It's great. So try that and just make sure it's not doing too much to your blood sugar, not kicking you out of ketosis, all that good stuff. Find your sweet spot. And then, of course, the next one is carbohydrates, not needed by our bodies, no big deal. We can go without them, blah, blah, blah. We all know that. And then number five is fat, of course. So that's how our bodies prioritize what we burn. So her recommendation And I just kind of want to chat about this for a little bit. Her recommendation, like I mentioned, about the protein, finding that equation, which none of us are actually going to know, so kind of pointless, but finding your protein sweet spot, keeping your carbs low, which I do love that she doesn't think that you need to necessarily super count them. I think she recommends a really pretty low level, but I think she understands that it's not something you maybe absolutely need to count, which is totally in my camp, like just kind of eat veggies and do what you need to do to make you feel good. And then use fat to satiety, which is something that I definitely agree with to a point. But there's points where I don't agree with. First of all, I don't agree with that when you are transitioning into ketosis, because a lot of us are not going to eat enough fat to even get into ketosis. If we are eating fat to satiety because coming from even paleo or whatever, that's going to be maybe adding another scoop or two of ghee or coconut oil or whatever to your day. And you're never going to get into ketosis. You're never going to give that signal to your body to allow ketosis to happen and to make that switch into fat burner mode. So that's one instance where I don't agree with that. 
The other instance and why that's hard for me to kind of totally agree with is that that often will lead to some massive under eating for women in particular who, you know, they're eating a decent amount of protein, like a moderate protein. They're keeping their carbs low, so it's just veggies. And then they're just using fat to satiety. That could still be really, really low food. And that's going to potentially work if we're talking weight loss for a short period of time until your metabolism understands what's happening and downregulates. So that could be a short-term thing that she sees work for her. And I think she primarily works with weight loss clients. But the long-term health consequences of that are going to be pretty significant if we don't really make sure we're satisfied by that fat. And it may take some time to understand what that looks like. So that's where I hesitate to totally agree with that. I think like for me right now, I've been keto for two years. I eat a lot of fat. I eat it to satiety. I don't think about it. It's not something I have to worry about or wonder about. And now I am at a place where pretty much everything is very natural. I eat fat to satiety. It's a lot of fat because that's what makes me satisfied and feels good to me. And I can do that all very intuitively. But I think for a lot of women, and myself included, it took a little bit of time to get to that point where you understood how much fat is required for your satiety, but also for you to maintain a good state of ketosis. So I do think that takes a little bit more time before it gets to be to that point where it is healthy to think in that regard and eat fat when you want and as much as you want. It's a little bit of a a learning curve. So that's also where I could see how that recommendation would definitely work in the future, but may not, and there's a really good chance, would not work for a lady starting out in a ketogenic diet. All right, moving on to the next speaker I want to highlight, Ryan Lowry. He did a talk about resistance-trained athletes and keto. Also, one really big point that I thought was really great, and this is something I didn't actually know prior to KetoCon, they're what he calls lean body mass hyper responders. And that's pretty much what his talk was about. But he does a lot of research in this regard as far as athletes and workouts and ketosis. So a lot of his stuff comes from actual studies that he's done to find out this information. So these lean body mass hyper responders, they are characterized probably as those obviously with a lower body fat percentage, higher level of muscle mass. And these People tend to have lower ketone readings, higher fasting blood sugar, so that morning blood sugar, higher LDL, so typically LDL cholesterol would be over 200, higher HDL, which typically would be over 80, and lower triglycerides at under 70 typically. So really interesting to see how basically these markers that a lot of our doctors, honestly, specifically with the LDL being over 200, would then characterize these people as needing to be put on a statin, as having a high level of heart disease risk, uh, not being healthy. And so his talk, his slides, consistently showed all of these people that he's worked with who are, you know, triathletes and marathon runners and CrossFit athletes and power lifters and all these really obvious 
very healthy individuals who uh, have a high level of athletic performance, but also, you know, really great health overall, and yet characterized only by their markers, specifically that LDL, they would be at risk. And it's just kind of reiterates the point, which this has been reiterated at every single conference that I've been to over the past year. And again, here at KetoCon was no different, that really cholesterol in general isn't a marker of really much of anything. And the LDL cholesterol does not correlate time and time and time again with heart disease risk. So if you look at these lean body mass hyper responders, and we look at those HDLs over 80 and the triglycerides at under 70, that's the marker that's really going to show us future heart disease risk and cardiovascular disease overall. And with these, obviously, we want close to a one-to-one ratio, and that is in these lean body mass hyperresponders. So that's going to show how much better of a marker that is. Just also interesting to note with the lower ketones, because so many of us really put so much weight on those ketone readings and trying to get them higher and feeling like we're doing something wrong if they're low. And it just shows, you know, these people are deep into ketosis. They are using those ketone readings to fuel every part of their day, including those really intense workouts. And for a lot of people, myself included, when I test ketones after my workouts, they're low. And that's why. It doesn't mean that I'm not in ketosis or I'm doing something wrong. It's just that's what's happening in my body and my body's utilizing those. And the same thing goes with with these people, these lean body mass hyper responders. But I really thought that that was a really great point and a really great, great way to put it. But then he's also done uh, studies on resistance trained athletes in keto. So for instance, just in general, weightlifters, specifically CrossFitters, he also did a study with them in particular, looking also into powerlifters. So really just athletes across the board who are looking to increase their muscle mass. He has found across the board that they all are able to decrease their body fat percentage while maintaining and or gaining muscle mass. So ketosis does not lead to decreasing your muscle mass or muscle loss or wasting or anything like that. In fact, it helps it and it really promotes even quicker results if we're going for body fat composition changes. So really interesting to see that and how it just goes in every single study that he has done, that seems to be the case. And his philosophy on that is is a few things. First of all, muscle protein synthesis. Uh, it's basically been shown that ketosis or the presence of ketones trigger this muscle protein synthesis, which basically kind of shows or leads us to believe then that ketosis is anabolic, meaning muscle building, muscle saving. And also uh, ketosis prevents the breakdown of leucine, which would then lead us again to believe that muscle protein breakdown is not happening because of that prevention of leucine breakdown. So really cool just to kind of understand why that happens in those of us in ketosis who are also athletes. Another thing he pointed out was this, when we work out, when we work on building muscle and increasing our muscle mass and decreasing our body fat, what also happens, especially in the presence of ketosis, is 
we change our fat cells into brown fat. And I probably a lot of you, if you've listened to other podcasts or do any sort of research on keto, then you know that brown fat is actually good, awesome, healthy fat that we want to have on our body. That's how we want to be storing our body fat as brown fat cells because they have a lot of mitochondria, which mitochondria are, are kind of little energy factories, you can think of them. And so just by being in ketosis, but also working out while keto will increase your brown fat and will also, by way of doing that, increase your metabolic capacity, which we talk so much here on Keto for Women about metabolism and how, uh, you know, past dieting and things like that can really downregulate our metabolic capacity. Well, now here we have a way to increase it. Be keto, lift weights, build muscle. Well, that's easy. It's what I've been telling you to do in every single podcast. Now is the time to actually take action and do that if you do want to change your metabolism. And it's more so than just, you know, uh, needing more fuel or anything like that. It's actually changing over your fat stores into brown fat, which is good on many, many levels. So I loved that he talked about that. One last thing that he mentioned that I thought was interesting, and I do actually completely agree with, and I have seen this in multiple cases as well, is to to quicken your adaptation into ketosis. He's found that high-intensity interval training seems to do that. So that HIT-type workout, which for those that don't know, I think most of you do by now, that really kind of is a short bursts of high intensity workouts followed by rest periods. And this could be even like a 10 minute workout. It can be very quick, which is really nice for those of us that don't have a ton of time. Those workouts tend to really quicken the pace of people being able to get into ketosis, which I think a lot of us struggle with that. And I do have a little bit of a caveat, of course, to this, which is that Getting into ketosis, especially for women, can be and often is a stressor on the body. If you're doing high-intensity workouts, that's also a stressor on the body. So you really have to find that sweet spot. And of course, if you need to rest for a day or five days or whatever, then you need to rest. So there's always using that intuitive sense of what's best for your body. But the good thing about HIIT training is that, like I mentioned, it can be 10 minutes. So if you have a little bit of energy, not a ton because you're going through keto flu or whatever, but you do have a little bit of energy, then using that to do a 10-minute workout, which really would be like 30 seconds of high-intensity something, like running, sprinting, whatever, jumping rope, on the stair mill, whatever you choose to do, followed by, say, 45 seconds to a minute rest and doing that 10 times or even eight times and doing that 10 times or even less can really be a great way to allow you to get into ketosis quicker, but also still keep your stress levels low during that time frame. So I do totally agree with that, and I'm glad that he pointed that out. All right. So then uh, a few more just quickly to point out. Uh, Jimmy Moore, of course, we all know him, the king of keto, in my opinion. Uh, But he kind of did a whole talk about just finding your own journey and and self-discovery on keto and all that stuff, uh, finding freedom. And so his big main 
point was just that we really all need to be in it and see this as a long haul. Don't expect these miracles to happen overnight. We all, you know, many, many of the people that were in that room, which there were a lot of them, but many of them, this has been something they've been doing for years. And every single person that got on the stage as a speaker, it's been years that they've been keto, that they've been working on their health, that they've started seeing results. I have my own story with that. So just a reminder, as we all need occasionally, that this is for the long haul. Um, He also talked a lot about eating real food and really making sure that your quality of food is of the highest it could possibly be. And many speakers talked about that as well. Leanne Vogel was another one that brought that up. Um, Because if you're having any sort of stall or not getting the results you're looking for, not seeing the improvements you were expecting, but still not taking a huge look at the quality of your food, then there you go. Something to look into because it could be something as simple as that. Uh, Jimmy just kind of also talked a lot about self-love. And, uh, you know, I think that's such a great thing for a male to bring up at all. There's not enough men talking about self-love and the importance of accepting yourself where you're at in your journey and doing self-care, making that a priority and not uh, this fluffy thing and just learning to love yourself regardless and be proud of yourself regardless. And that's something that he's had to learn along the way when uh, his own journey has led to some challenges and some negativity in his life from others. And it's something that he had to just work on for himself. And he's really in a good place with that right now. So like I mentioned, Leanne Vogel talked about some of the kind of things you can look at if you're not getting what the results you're looking for or what have you when you're doing keto. And like I mentioned, she talked a lot about the quality of the food. She's also a huge fan of testing to find your carb tolerance or your protein tolerance, uh, what have you, because she has had a lot of success with herself and her clients, which I know most of you know this, just the people that she's worked with in adding carb ups at a particular time throughout the week or whenever it feels necessary. You know, that's something that I also agree with, but there really has been a lot of instances in her practice where women simply add some sweet potato and things start moving again. Uh, They start feeling better, start seeing results, start having the mental clarity, the better sleep, all that stuff. So something to consider and, and use your own body to determine what works best for you. And that's something that I talked about in my talk as well. We're so similar. It's it's great. And then she also, one thing that I love is that she mentioned that it's okay and expected for you to adjust your macros over time. So as you become deeper into ketosis, as it has been a longer period of time that you've been in ketosis, you're starting to understand your body more. You're starting to get cues of when you are and when you are not in ketosis, all this stuff. It's okay to adjust as you go. So of course, you're going to start out with lots of fat. We all agree with on that. That's not something that anyone disagrees with. But then as you move on, you may be able to lower that fat. You may be able to increase your protein or your carbs. Uh, You can find your own levels as you progress through your ketogenic journey. And that's something that you should have the freedom and the knowledge to do. And then lastly, 
she is not the only one, but there were a lot of people who talked about stress, of course, Leanne being one of them. And uh, she just mentioned how important really everything else could be going right. You could be doing every other thing just perfectly. But if you're stressed and if your cortisol is dysregulated, things aren't going to go well. It's that simple. So really make sure that you are working on your stress at all times. And this was another thing that Allie Miller talked about, who did a whole talk on anxiety and depression. She also mentioned, basically has found in her practice that anybody who has high or low cortisol, so whether you're overproducing or underproducing cortisol, you will not be able to produce ketones. That's what she has found in her practice. I have found that too. Uh, There's a lot of women and really women that I work with, and I think this is pretty typical for women in general because we've had such a long period of stress in our lives, we're usually underproducing cortisol. I see that in about 95% of the, the cases that I work with. And these women have a hard time either getting into ketosis or staying there. And that is the case until we work on those adrenals. That's why I created the Happy Hormones Project because I knew that there were women just taking a long time to get in ketosis and getting frustrated with their bodies, but I could also see how stressed they were in general, just in life in general. And so I wanted to be able to show that correlation. So by testing your hormones and your adrenals, we can see that. And so we can work on really uh, getting your cortisol back in balance and then ketosis becomes much easier. It's funny how that works. So yeah, Allie Miller brought that up. She also has a kind of a protocol she puts people through in order to reverse out of anxiety and depression and, and mental and emotional health challenges. Some of her big points are that, of course, keto because it has been shown that in studies that if you have elevated blood sugar, which if you're eating a standard American diet or even just sometimes a paleo diet or even a quote unquote healthy diet that contains a, a larger amount of carbohydrates, you will ha- most likely have elevated blood sugar and you're two times more likely to develop depression and anxiety with that elevated blood sugar that's been shown in studies. And so she recommends obviously ketosis, but then also taking out those inflammatory foods, which of course for the general population is gluten, corn, soy, sugar, dairy. Dairy's in there and she's not the only one that doesn't really love dairy in people's uh, ketogenic diets. So um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news again, but I think that there could be a lot of cases out there where women are not feeling the best they could feel, but still relying on that dairy to get their fats in with keto and just simply taking that out would make such a huge change. So anyway, but beyond that, those common triggers of inflammatory foods. Also finding out your particular food sensitivities. And again, this is going with very similar to what I believe and what I do, which is, you know, testing for food sensitivities in fat-burning femalers so that uh, you can really get your inflammation down. You can really work on your immune system and heal your gut. Uh, So she recommends that, obviously, in order to heal the gut, which she also mentioned re- 
resetting and kind of re-uptaking your microbiome. So really getting in those probiotic sources, the fermented foods, uh, working on any dysbiosis you may have, which would be an overabundance of bad bacteria, pathogenic bacteria, getting rid of that if needed. And then really looking at the micronutrient profile and making sure that you're getting a large amount of antioxidants like glutathione, uh, CoQ10, vitamins A, C, and E, really working on your B vitamins, also your electrolytes like magnesium and calcium, other minerals like selenium and zinc. So getting all of that in check too is really important, which some supplementation may be necessary, and I would work with a practitioner if you are interested in, in knowing if you need supplementation, but really a lot of that is going to just come from your food. So if you're, really a, if you're eating a really nutrient-dense ketogenic diet, then you won't really have to worry about that all that much unless you're someone who you know, has problems methylating and things like that, like we talked about a little earlier, which is all stuff that you can work with a practitioner to learn about yourself. But This is really the case where, again, I have to promote nutrient density. I have to promote you getting in your vegetables. You've got to be eating a good wide variety of veggies, lots of color on your plate, a good variety of really nutrient-dense meats like those grass-fed, grass-finished beef options, salmon, wild Alaskan salmon, those kinds of meats include those regularly, and you shouldn't have any problem with your micronutrients. And then she also did mention the balancing of neurotransmitters. Using amino acids is a big option to do that, which you, again, if you're eating a good amount of protein, high-quality protein, and you're digesting it properly, uh, if maybe you're adding some collagen peptides into your coffee or whatever in the morning, then you should be getting a decent amount of amino acids, and it shouldn't be a problem. But if you are dealing with an anxiety and depression and doing all that, something again to work with a practitioner to learn about yourself. Uh, And then she also did promote CBD oil for that as well. And then just, of course, reminding us all to work on our stress. Alrighty, I think that will do it for the talks I wanted to highlight, although there were a ton of really good ones. Um, Vanessa Spina had a great one of the Fast Keto podcast talking about some of the hacks you could do in order to, in order to, I guess, get into deeper ketosis or to have your ketogenic diet work a little better for you and what you're trying to do. And of course, what I loved most about her is she and I agree on a lot of things. And one of them being that sometimes you just got to slow your roll, slow it down, take your time to get into ketosis, take your time to adjust your macros. Don't try to make it this thing where one day you're doing one thing and one day you're all in keto. Take your time. A lot of time, that's all we need is just to slow down a little bit. So I love that she brought that up, you know, just something that's near and dear to my heart and something that she has found to work really well for people she's worked with too. But there were so many other really great ones as well. And I just would love to talk about them all, but it would be a really long podcast. I'm not going to do that. But that just means that you have to come next year. Uh, Start saving now. Get your tickets to KetoCon 2019. I don't know when they'll go on sale. Probably not for a while. But keep that in the back of your mind and start saving your pennies. It's totally worth it. And this is just a snapshot of just some of the amazing people that we had speak and what you can expect there. 
The only other thing I wanted to touch on really quickly is just about the vendors. There were some amazing vendors. I'll probably talk about them more over on Instagram and just kind of as I go. Uh, if you did follow me on Instagram throughout the KetoCon weekend, then you probably saw my rant about the not so great thing that I found in testing all the vendors. So I decided to take like 20 minutes on Saturday and just go through them all, which was not a good idea. I found out later, but I didn't think about this at the time because that means I spent 20 minutes eating foods I'd never ever eat that were really, really sweet, uh, full of these fake sugars. I call them fake. I know they're not technically fake, but these sugar-free sweeteners, I just don't really super agree with. So just in doing that, it really made me realize how many products out there there are in the keto community that are not doing us any favors. So one of the best things about keto, I mean, obviously, I just went through a million of the best things. But one of the best things that you can feel pretty automatically, like within a few weeks, is this change in your desire for sweets and treats and desserts and cheats, if you want to call them using quotations, they hate that. But you know, we all have our word for what happens when we have a cookie or some cake or ice cream or something like that. And really, I don't even think that word needs to be there. Honestly, if you're eating keto, and you've taken the time to work on that blood sugar level so that your cravings kind of stabilize themselves, then your quote unquote treat is like some berries or a sweet potato or some nut butter, something like that. And that's really so awesome of a place to get to and something that does happen in people who go keto quickly. It's just when we are relying on these keto cookies and keto ice cream and keto bars and keto shakes and all this stuff that are just, I mean, they're sweeter than even regular like making Toll House cookies from the recipe on the package. They're sweeter than that. They are crazy products that are really not helping that situation and they're going to keep you stuck in this feeling of needing sweets, treats, uh, something like that, dessert type item. And a lot of us, I know because I look at food journals, I see a lot of us are still relying on those foods. And I can understand it being a, a transition period where maybe you do need uh, a keto cookie here and there while you are transitioning from a standard American diet that perhaps contained a lot of soda or cookies, something like that, where you were high sugar. I can see that being a stepping stone. But I don't think that it needs to last for as long as we're having it last a lot of times to a point where, you know, we're having a keto cookie once or twice a day, but because it's high fat, we think it's cool uh, and, and there's no carbs. But first of all, they still will have an impact on your blood sugar. I mean, something that sweet, there's no possible way that your body's not like, oh, sweet food. And they're keeping you from having this freedom around food, which comes with having these regulated cravings and desire for for that. And continuing to have those sweet treats, even though there's no carbs, are just going to continue your carb cravings. So you're never going to have this freedom, even if it's you start craving bread or something like that. Trust me, if you're keto for long enough, you do not want bread. You really don't. Like it's not even something I think about. So just keep that in mind. And I'd really love to see more of us leaning towards 
staying away and getting into this real food capacity and staying away from some of these packaged foods, maybe having them once every month or something if it's a a treat type item. But really at that point, I'd rather you just have a real cookie. Just do it. Uh, Do it right. Enjoy it and move on instead of uh, having this kind of fake, fake stuff. So I'm not calling out any one company. There were a lot of them and I didn't even, I got to a point where I couldn't even try them all, but there were a lot of cookies and desserts and bars and shakes and other stuff there that they're doing really good things, but just not doing a whole lot of good for our actual bodies and our actual keto that can be a really freeing lifestyle if we take out those treats that we have all the time. So I just wanted to give a little bit of a rant on that. I won't go any further. I could, but just keep that in mind next time you're looking for a snack. Really, if you just stick it out and then instead have some strawberries or uh, something like that, like I found the Peely nut butter. I actually got a whole jar of this. The Peely nuts, they make a nut butter that is Uh, lion's mane and it's like a pumpkin spice flavor, but there's no added sweetener at all. And it is so dessert-like, it's perfect. And to get to a point like that where things with no sweeteners taste sweet is so awesome. So let's maybe work on that a little bit. But yeah, more on some of the other vendors to come, I'm sure, in other episodes. I'll let you all go now because I've been talking for a really long time. And I thought this was going to be a short episode because I thought I was going to be tired and not have much to say. And of course, I get this surge of energy as soon as I start talking about keto and how awesome it is. So thank you all so much for sticking it out with me. I hope you learned something that now maybe you can take away and teach someone else. Really, that's the biggest thing I want to happen with giving this information to you every week is that we really just start talking about it to everybody. Share this information, share it on your social media, share it with your friends and family, whatever you feel comfortable doing. Let's start spreading the word so that keto sticks around for a really long time because it needs to. So until then, I will continue to spread my word to you here on Keto for Women. And I hope you keep listening and spreading your message as well. With that, I will see you all next week. Take care.